We were really thrilled because when we, just the week before we left, or days before we left, they took off. You, could, you, could, you didn't have to wear your mask until you were on the ride. Don't really understand how that makes a big difference. But anyway, we didn't have to wear it the whole time, so that was kind of cool. So we, we had fun with that. But through all of this, there's people out there that don't have, if you're a believer in Christ, don't have what you have. And to you, it is almost the obvious. If you've walked with Christ for any amount of time, it's almost, how could I even have anything better? I mean, yeah, do you still have issues in life? Sure you do. Is life still hit you hard? Sure it does. But because you have Jesus, come on somebody, because you have somebody bigger than life that's in your corner, it's, you know, you're going to make it. But there are people that don't have that. Or they don't want to believe that, or they've heard it, or it's been presented wrong. But in such a time as this, the Lord is at least, I know for me, we, you know, my job is to equip. So I'm supposed to help equip. Have, if, if we're going to win a world for Jesus, how are we going to do it? Certainly we live, and, and we use words sometimes, but the way that we live or the way that we tackle situations. But there is the great commission. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Well, preaching, you know, everybody immediately assumes it's almost, it's, it's voices, it's words. And, and it, it is, but yet preaching is much more than words. Preaching can also be no words and just doing. It really depends on how we embrace what Christ told us. So if we are supposed to grow the kingdom, the Bible says that we have to compel people. Have you ever been compelled? Now, I'm, let me talk to guys. We've all been compelled whether it's fighting, been compelled, I'm going to, let me show you how compelling this could get, you know, or, you know, when I met Kim, I was compelled. Okay, compelled is probably the wrong word, <laughs> but I was, I mean, you know, I, I didn't have to have a convincing, I, nobody had to persuade me to pursue. What is going to make people that don't know Jesus want to know Jesus they need to see something in your life while you're walking through this that they would say, I need that. How do you do that? How does that happen for you? Mark 16, 15 says, and he told them. Who's he? This is Jesus talking. He told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. You know what good news would be if you're sick? He, being well. If you're poor, having finances. There's good news to a lot of things. But I believe that this morning it's time. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time. It's time to minister the gospel to a lost world. It's time to speak out and change our nation. It's time to say what's right and, and really to say what's wrong. Not, not in a judgmental, critical way, but things that don't line up with the book. And sometimes we need to just let the book do the talking for us. Sometimes people use this book and they, they swing it wrong. I don't know if that makes any sense. It's time to step up our game and start saying, I can win people to Christ. And I taught this at one point, and I don't have this in my notes, but the Lord wants me to show you this. How many have ever heard of the Roman road? If you are a believer, raise your hand if you've heard of it. If you've never heard of it, raise your hand. Okay, most of you haven't heard of it. Roman Road is like, you know, now we have a whole dis different kind of an age. 
we don't have to carry the Bible around. You got a smartphone. It can have the whole thing in whatever version you want on your smartphone. But when Roman Road is basically, if, if somebody's saying, I want to know about Christ, I want to know about Jesus, how did you become a believer? Then usually Roman Road means you start in the book of Romans. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Rome. So you start in Romans, and that starts with, you know, usually Romans 3.23 or 6.23, you know, all of uh, sin and fall short of the glory of God, the wages of sin is death. And, and then it just proceeds through different scriptures. Some of the issue with that is, if you're leading, you get nervous. You ever get nervous when you're talking to somebody and you're not sure if they're going to like what you're saying or they're going to argue with you or whatever. And so you kind of, <laughs> I mean, I've led people to cry. And then I, like my mind, you ever have a, I'm going to talk about it here in a second. You ever have a brain freeze? Some of you are like, I don't know. Okay, well, well you got to get your brain awake first. Then we'll freeze it. <laughs> brain freeze, you want to say something, but then you forget. I have that where I've lost my train of thought and forgot what I was going to say. But what I would do in the Bible, and I taught this before, is, like in the front of my Bible, now this one, I don't think I did. Yeah, I did. Okay. Here we go. Salvation, page 1707. So don't look in your Bible at 1707. It's a different version. <laughs> you might be like, it's not in my Bible, preacher. Okay. Uh, but my first one would be Acts 1631. And so, but it, but it would be on that page. So I would go to that first scripture, and at the bottom of the page, I would write the page number and the scripture of the next one I'm going to. Does that make sense? So this is the beauty of that. The person that you're witnessing to, they don't know that. I'm not sitting here. I'm not trying to be Einstein. I'm not trying to be Sherlock. I'm just going, if I went to, well, without my glasses, I can't see what the page number is. <laughs> I'm going to catch a fox and cut his tail off. Yep. Um, Anyway, I go, <laughs> and it's large print. <laughs> Where's my cue cards? <laughs> so anyway, I would go to that scripture, and at the bottom of the page, it would tell me where to go next, and it'd tell me the page number and the scripture. And so then I would turn there, and then it would tell me to go next, whatever the next scripture is. Now, what I'm saying, I'm saying all this just to be, it's, it's wonderful if you're leading somebody and they want to see it. it. It's really, I really believe there is an anointing in seeing the word of God. I mean, yes, faith comes by hearing. We need to hear it, but to see it. So now it's not just my word, it's his. That's a big deal, man. It's a big deal. So just telling you, do that in your Bible. You'll be so glad you did because if somebody ever says, hey, do you, can you show me that in the Bible? You can go, like I could go to the scripture and I could get started if I had my glasses. <laughs> okay. But we are the church, and we are called, I believe right now, more than ever, we are called as a church, God's people, to rise up and say, come on, this is the way, let's walk in it. The world has enough of the world, they can see how not to do it. What if we showed them what to do? We might not be perfect, but man, if we, if we had fully persuaded, on fire, devil-stomping, blood-bought saints that believe in Jesus Christ, we could do something. So we got to bring people to Jesus. we got to teach them about what he says. Identity in Christ is a good starting point. Know who you are. Man, what did God, what's he promised to you? And that's where you start walking things out. You start saying, okay, if this is promised to me in the Bible, there's a lot of blessings that are promised in Deuteronomy. 
God says he'll bless the work of my hands, Deuteronomy in 28. I mean, all that stuff, all that I put my hand to will be blessed. That's again in Deuteronomy. My God says supply all my needs. And we, I mean, it's just all throughout the Bible. Philippians, that's just, but if we walk in that, we believe that. We are persuaded. You cannot tell me different. If God said it, that settles it. But the body of Christ, you know what the body of Christ is? It's the the church. It's the believers. It's our job to be the change agent in the world. You that are watching online, you stay tuned in because we're not only saying hi, but we are saying we're about to change some things in this city. We're about to change some things in this neighborhood. We're going to make some changes in our house. We're going to start with us. It's not just the pastor's job. The elders, the saints that have been going at it forever, it's it's everybody's job as a believer. Some people say, I've heard this, Brother Brad, I don't have the gift of evangelism. Can I tell you there's no such gift recorded in the Bible? It's not just my job to fill the empty seats in the church. It's yours. It's all of ours. It's it's us to witness to a world, to reach this city. As I give you things to do, just like I hope you took that, I mean, I I showed that uh, at a men's Bible study one time, and a pastor happened to be there, and he got a hold of me, and he had me teach it to his men. Because it's that, it's that whole domino effect. You know, if the priest of the home, you dads, listen to me. If you're running your home in a godly fashion, it will trickle down to your children. Because you are the head of the house. You know what your wife wants? Your woman wants somebody that loves God with all their heart, mind, and soul, and spirit, and they will not bow or break or do anything except what God says. That's what they want. Most people want to bring people to the Lord, but we're almost afraid. They get intimidated. What if they say no? I went when we did every home crusade when I was on staff at a church one time. And that was awkward, I got to say, because we went knocking on doors, you know, and some methods are probably not so good. I'm not saying you can't knock on a door. I'm not saying that's the Lord told you to knock on as many doors as you want. But, whoo, that was tough. I literally saw people hiding behind curtains. And it's no joke. I mean, they saw us at the door. We're knocking. We're ringing the doorbell. They're not coming because they're like, wait till they go. But because we get intimidated, and that's what the enemy wants. He wants it to be this huge process. Well, it's just not, I'm not called to do that. You are called to witness. You can say you're not, but you are. Now, the way you do it, we're going to talk about it. A lot of times we're just, I'm just praying somebody else will tell them. I don't have to do that. It's not my job. What do you think you are, Walmart? This isn't Union. Oh, never mind. I'm going to give you some equipping tools today. Are you ready for that? 
It's not going to take long, but I'm going to give you some tools that will help you be who God wants you to be. Because if there's ever been a time to get people to find Jesus, today's the time. Here's the first one. We need to speak to the spirit of a person. Now, we're going to talk to people, but we need to understand we're, we're doing more than just talking to them physically. Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between the soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. You hear people say, well, we're talking about evangelism, we're talking about soul winning, winning souls. But the word of God we just read, it divides between soul and spirit. It isn't the soul that's redeemed. That's our mind, our will, and our emotions. It is the spirit of man. When we speak the word of God to people, we're speaking to their spirit. We're speaking, yes, we are talking to their mind, their will, and emotions. They make decisions, I get it. But we, we need to talk to that spirit that's exposing their innermost, those concerns they have, those thoughts, those things. They want everything to be right. There's people, the only thing they know how to do is tell people, you're going to go to hell. You're going to hell. Doesn't seem to win too many people. Mallory, when she was really little, that was her idea. <laughs> She'd go up and tell the kids in the neighborhood, you're going to hell. <laughs> she was a lonely child. <laughs> no. But she did, she did, you know. That's, she did tell some little Scott Boyan Baker he was going to hell. I think that was Scott, if you're watching, we're God bless you. <laughs> But, you know, deep down in their heart, they know if they don't know God, they know where they're going. They, they're hoping that it isn't the way that they think or the way they've heard. But they really know. Everybody knows that. We don't have to say that. And, and nobody in here is perfect. We speak the word of God to them. This is what the Bible says. And if we can show them that, Maybe on your smartphone or if you have the time or, or in a Bible if you have one. Or just tell them and, and say, man, you should check that out. The Bible says this word, the word of God, listen to me, will not return void. Have you ever said something that returned void? I have. But God's word will never return void. So we share the word. It doesn't return void. And it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And then the word goes to work. You need to see what I'm seeing. When we speak the word of God, the word goes to work. Remember, everything happens in the kingdom. I've taught you that by we believe in our heart, we confess with our mouth, and we do not doubt. When we speak the word, we send the word on assignment, and it goes to work. Now, we can null and void that by what we say. We've all done it. I'm going to do this, and God's going to help me, and as soon as we get out of the building... We, we say something different. So we have to understand it is important to let the word work for us. And really, I'm telling you, when you start understanding that the word is going to do the work, it's going to be an amazing difference. Secondly, when you're talking to somebody, I mean, understand, number one, we're talking to their spirit. Number two, just talk. Don't debate. 
Don't try to be Sherlock. Let me tell you, I know everything in the Scripture. Oh, happy day. There's a lot of people who know a lot more about the Scripture probably than I do. You can know a lot of the Bible, but you've got to believe it. And you've got to know how it works. So don't, you know, you're not talking to them to argue with them. You're talking to them to tell them about Jesus. Philippians 2, 14 and 15. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. You see, that's why some people, they don't want to talk to people about Jesus because they're going to get in. Somebody's going to ask me a question and I won't know how to answer it. I'm telling you, and we're going to cover this, but I'll say it now, and if I have to say it again, I'll say it again, unless this is good. Just be you. If you don't know the answer, say, I don't know the answer. I'll get back to you. Or pull a Paul Blart, fun fact for you. You you can tell them something that you do know, but if you don't know the answer, don't make it up. Just say, you know, that's a great question. I'm sure God's got a great answer for that. Let me do some study. I'll I'll get back to you. So you don't have to debate. I've been on, on shows on TV where it was Ask the Pastor. I hated it. I actually hated it because there are people that are just waiting just so that they can argue with you. That's all they want to do. And people that have that kind of a spirit, they, they don't care about what you're, the truth. They just want something. They feed on that stuff. I got better things to do than just argue with somebody that doesn't want to get saved. Does that make sense? I mean, I love them and I know God loves them, but you know what? I don't like wasting time. And I don't mean that they're a waste. I'm just saying, but they have to make a decision. Choose this day whom you will serve. Tell people the truth. Tell them what you know. Here's the fact, Jack. Here's the plan, Stan. No, I'm not going to sing the whole song. Here's where the rubber meets the road. But the Bible says we're called to reap a harvest. For people's souls. That's Mark 16 and 15. Just go into all the world. Preach the gospel. Not to debate with them about whether this is right and there's so many different. Well, our church believes this. This church believes that. This version says this. This version says that. No, 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 no. Batman. Sometimes we feel it's our responsibility to defend the Lord. He doesn't need my help to defend him. He's big. He's the biggest thing going. Our job is to give out the word and then, now listen, remember what we said, allow the word to do the work. That's my job. I'm going to let the word do the work. Remember, his word is power, Romans 1.16. For I'm not ashamed of the good news about Christ. It is the power of God, listen, at work. This is New Living Translation. Saving everyone who believes, the Jew first, also the Gentile. Because if we argue, it's just a distraction. It's a time waster. Just share the truth in love. If all they want to do is argue, you can't argue if nobody else is arguing back. I had a guy that worked at Honda with me, and he loved to argue. If I had a middle name, I would probably call him argumentative. I mean, I can't say that very good, but he just argued all the time. He was always trying to get me upset. And when I didn't get upset, it would make him all the matter. So then I thought, well, this is probably evil on my part 
I could make him real mad. I could not get upset. And then, then God had to correct me on that. So I just had to just say, his name was Terry. I had to say, Terry, I'm not going to argue with you, bud. You can, you can talk to God about it. You can read it yourself. And I just wouldn't talk about it anymore because after a certain point, it was just no sense. But he was always trying to trip me up. He would always try to say things like, he goes, do you believe in dinosaurs? Okay, sure. Aha! Dinosaurs are like a million trillion years old. Explain that, Bible man. I said, okay, I'll get back to you. Ha-ha! I said, I'll come back with an answer tomorrow for you. He goes, because they're bones, and they say they are millions of years old. And if the world is only this many thousand, and Jesus came here, how did that happen? I said, all right. We'll talk tomorrow. So I went home, and I'm going to do just what I'm telling you. I asked the Lord. So I went back the next day with what the Lord told me. So he couldn't wait for the line to get started, and he's working across from me. And he said, what about the dinosaurs? I said, okay, I got an answer for you. Aha! Said, stumped you, didn't I? And I said, no. He said, why didn't you answer yesterday? I said, because I didn't know. But I, I believe God told me, so I'm going to tell you. He goes, okay. And he said, when? I said, later. <laughs> Ha-ha! So anyway, I, you know, we ended up finally having the conversation. And I said, okay, you answer me this. When God made man, how old was Adam. He goes, what do you mean? I said, well, how old was he? Was he 19? Was he 20? Was he 25? Was he 30? Was he 6? How old was he? He goes, no, he's a man. So, see, he's already thinking. He's believing part of the Bible already. I said, can we just say, just for argumentative sake, let's just say he's 25? He goes, okay. He's 25. Okay, so we've agreed. Right now, we're just saying that Adam's 25, but he was a man. We are agreeing that he was a man. Yes, he was a man. Okay, the Bible says how many years Adam lived. Yeah. When he died. Now, if he would, let's say God created man, and if we were to examine his bones right when he created Adam, and we're saying he's 25, his bones would say he was how old? He goes, 25. I said, how long has he walked on the earth? He said, well, he hadn't. I said, but his bones would say he's been here 25 years. But he hasn't. He goes, I don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you is, just be who God wants you to be. And God will help you. I ended up praying with him on the line. I don't know whether, you know, but he asked me to finally pray for him. Here's number three. Choose the right time. Proverbs 25, 11. Timely advice is lovely like golden apples in a silver basket. The Amplified says this. It says it louder. Because it's amplified. Like apples of gold. No. In settings of silver is a word spoken at the right time. So if people are busy and they're in the middle of something that is requiring their full attention, it's probably not the time to really start sharing Something deep to get their mind off of what they're already focusing on. But you're going to need to ask the Lord. But anyway, it's that kind of stuff, if they're uh, 
not a good multitasker, and many of us aren't, especially the girls would say guys. Okay. Um, we need good timing because if, we, if we're focusing you know, on one thing, it's hard to concentrate on something else. So you know, if we want great results, we want fruit, then we need to choose good timing. And so we need the Holy Spirit to lead us on a good time to say something. Choose the right time, will amaze you, and it'll, you'll see and get results. So you got to listen to what I'm saying. You got you to keep it simple, you got to keep it sweet, and you got to keep it short. In other words, we're not going to, again, we're not debating, we're just going to tell them something that God has planted in us to tell them. You know, maybe it's, maybe it's witnessing in ways that you haven't, you know, this, some of these same guys that you're hearing me tell these stories about. Uh, you know, again, I'd have people on the line, and, then, and on assembly line, you just move with the, with the car, and the assembly line doesn't care what you feel, doesn't care how, how good you feel, or if you're in pain, it doesn't matter. <laughs> there's usually a person on the other side, and I had a guy across from me, and so he said, man, you know, one of these days, we're just going to die, and we're just going to be food for the worms. Have you ever heard that saying? And I, you know, I didn't say anything. I was asking God. You know, what do I say and all that stuff? So I said, you know, I understand what you're saying, but you know that's not how it works, right? And I'd go back to the next car, and he'd hurry up and come back. He goes, what do you mean that's not how it works? I said, you know, that whole food for the worms thing. <laughs> you know, that's, that's totally not true because you really know how it works, right? And then I'd go back to the next And pretty soon, this guy is like racing to get back so I can talk to him about what's going on. What's happening? And, and he's like, so, so if we're not food for the worms, then, then what, what are we? I'm like, well, you, you know, you don't need me to tell you. And then he'd come back, yeah, 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 I need you to tell me. Pretty soon he is just asking me. The Holy Spirit set that whole thing up. Before the end of that shift, I told the guy about Christ. I led him to Jesus. There's so many wonderful things that can happen if we just listen to the Holy Spirit. Number four. You'll love this one. Avoid Christian jargon. Now, let me tell you. Uh, Isaiah 51, 16. I have put my words in your mouth and hidden you safely in my hand. I stretched out the sky like a canopy and laid the foundations of the earth. I am the one who says to Israel, you are my people. Isaiah 51, 16 in the NCV version says this. I will give you the words I want you to say. So when we're talking to somebody about Jesus, if they don't know what you normally hear at church, some people call it Christianese. Now, again, I'm talking to a world that's going through COVID just like you are. You're going to need to know how to share at least what God is doing. So don't say words that they're like, you know, don't act like you're super sanctified, Holy Ghost filled. You're, you walk on water. It's hard for you to take a bath because you just float. As crazy as that seems, you and I all know people that you just want them to be real because, come on, it can't be that sugary sweet every time I talk to you. How are you? I'm Holy Ghost filled. I'm just go saved from the bottom of my heart. Blah, 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 blah. I get it, man. I'm just saying hi. People that don't know Jesus, they get turned off by that. Just be you. Don't talk a bunch of stuff of, uh, you know, saying all these... Uh, well, I've had people come up to me, are you, are you redeemed? I'm thinking, you know, this is way back in the day. I, I don't know that we have any coupons. I'm not. But they're talking church talk. 
So I'm saved and bought by the blood, you know. And if you don't go to church, so don't talk churchy. Don't every other word say hallelujah. Not that that's bad. Think about what your mission is. How are you? I'm saved and sanctified. How about just, I'm doing good. How about you? The Spirit of God can minister if we keep our message simple and to the point. You know, I've witnessed to people because I like to hunt that are hunters. They're not believers, but they're hunters, so we have something in common. Most everybody, if they have children, they love their kids. Most everybody. So if you want to talk about something that they like, talk about their kids. They'll love that. Find a point of contact, something in common. God can use you in all kinds of ways. Number five. If you get a chance, give them something. Put something in their hands. Now, I have these out there in the foyer, and we'll get more. I can get the secretary to get, we have some in the office. But these are just little church cards. We designed these years ago. They have our 9 o'clock service on here time. We will start that again. We just, you know, held off on it right now while we're walking through some of this stuff. And we'll, we'll launch that before too long. We'll see when the Lord says. But anyway, these are just cards. And they can take them right to the website. They can go right to, you know, they can find our app. They can do whatever. They can listen to a podcast. All the messages, they can pull that up. They can see any of those. I give these things out daily. Now, if you have a Bible track there, you, know, you might know some people that give out Bible tracks, and some people run when they see those. If you're a guy and you've been in a restroom sometimes in Walmart, somebody will leave a Bible track. Nothing wrong with that because they're, they're planting, they're trying to plant a seed. I like this because there's nothing threatening on this. You know, they don't feel like, oh... But, you know, and I'll leave them with this. I give them something. If I'm talking to them like, hey, you know, if they don't go to church anywhere, well, you know, check it out, man. Just check it out. You don't have to come. You can watch it online and see if you like it. Then come see me, man. This would be awesome. I'll hand them that. I have yet, I very rarely have anybody go, I don't want that. Now, they may take it. And as soon as I leave, they may rip it up and throw it down. I don't know. But that's, again, it's not my job. My job is to let the word do the work. My job is to put the invitation out there. Statistics say 82% of the people that you have contact with will say yes, that have a relationship of some kind with you. They have that percentage to say yes if you invite them to church. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. By the end of this month, whoever invites the most people, you might be, are you trying to buy? You can call it whatever you want. I'm not trying to buy you. I'm just trying, I'm going to help you. Okay? I'm going to help you. You have to have at least two guests not from the same family. Don't go get a family of 10 and go, and she's pregnant. <laughs> Throws me over the edge. <laughs> Bingo. No. You just, by the end of the month, whoever brings this, the most guests, I will give you a $100 visa to help pay. You can take your guests out. You can go out to lunch if that's what you want to use the money for. Buy them lunch, and so it's, it's not going to be a big expense for you. <laughs> Some of you are like, I can do a lot at McDonald's and still have money left over. Great. I don't care where you take them, you know, whatever. You want to buy groceries with it or do whatever you want to do with it. By the end of the month, there's only a couple weeks left. Bring some people to church that don't come. To, don't take them from somebody else's church, please. And, you know, if they're already a member somewhere else, let them go to church. <laughs> 
I just want to win $100. Come on. I'll give you a cut of it. <laughs> no, we're not doing that that way. I'm just trying to help you so that if you want to take them out for lunch after that, awesome. Anyway, give them something. Put something in their hands. Good news. This is good news. He's going to tell you about good news. Let them hear the gospel. Let the word do the work. Giving people something will help do the talking for you. Listen to what I'm saying. This will help do You don't have to explain everything to them. If you didn't have time to do the Roman road or lead in the book or whatever, let them just start finding, get them exposed to Christ. Hey, just check this out, man. Just check out one of the podcasts. See what you think. And if you don't like, you know, if you, I've even told people this. You come to church, you don't like it, don't come back. People are like, really? Well, I can't make you come. But if you don't like it, don't come back. If you don't like, you know, this isn't my kind of church, then find one that is your kind of church and go there. It's great to give somebody something that they could do it later because it takes all the pressure off. Hey, check this podcast out. Check out this podcast. Give them the title of a message that you really like. Man, find this one on there. You'll love this one. And, and give them that card. If you give them something, then later, like, hey, on your commute to work, they can pull it up on their smartphone, listen to it through the radio, do whatever. Now, if you're wondering, how am I going to find out how do I get the $100? You'll have to... Talk to Miss Sheila. <laughs> Sheila's like, what? What? Or you can talk to them, a secretary or, you know, just, just make sure they fill out connection cards with your name on it. And, and I'll make sure that you get the, the gift card, whoever wants. And if you're like, I don't want the gift card, that's cool. I mean, I'm not trying to, I don't want you to think I'm trying to force you into this. I'm just trying to help you so that, you know, if you wanted to take them out and wanted to do something, um, you know. That's fine. Um, but it is a great tool to be able to hand them something. Sometimes you're not able to share, and yet you might be just one of those, hey, I got to go, got another appointment, but wanted to let you have this. Man, check out some of those messages. I think there's some things you'd really like. Got to go later. They'll probably take that. You've planted a seed. Let the word do the work and let God do what he needs to do. Number six, be friendly and smile. We only have one more after this, so we're almost finished. Proverbs 18, 24. The Bible says, There are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. It doesn't get much simpler than just being nice, just being happy or, or, or courteous. Sometimes life isn't always fun, but being courteous. Have you ever been in line at Walmart and somebody just ripped the cashier for something and they're just shaking and... They didn't know what, you know, to do. It's nice to have a friendly face to go and say, you know what? I think you're doing a great job today. And it's okay. It's going to be all right. It's amazing what a friendly face will do. Because when you're nice, people notice. It's a tr it draws people. Do you know, if, look, we're going to have our church uh, harvest party uh, in October, and we're going to rent out Lawrence Orchards like we do every year. We didn't have it last year with COVID, so this is going to be a great one. And we're actually going to do some changing. We're going to rearrange the schedule a little bit. I was thinking it was going to be like the old one. It's going to be kind of like the old one, but we're going to do some new things. It's going to be even more fun, more involved. It's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. 
But what I'm saying is just, you know, being nice. It, it attracts people. If you go to any church event, you'll find out. How many have been to a family reunion? What happens at family reunions? Families sit together. Some of them, they all know each other, kind of. I don't know, you know, part of my family, I didn't even know. I'd have to have my mom there. Who's that? Oh, that's your cousin once removed, twice on your sister's side of you. I don't know. Or she would say, that's Aunt Weeze. She makes the great lasagna. Okay, now I know who she is. She makes great lasagna. Okay, talk to me about food. Let's go to another one. And she, could, you know, she would tell me. I wouldn't know. But even in a reunion, you'll have your families that, are used, that hang together. They'll hang here. Other ones will hang here. And it's still like separate together. It's great when all of that happens and, and, and it just doesn't happen that way. I was on staff in Dayton. And the pastor was a great pastor. I loved him. And we, you know, it was just, we had some good times together. But anyway, this is what I did. And this is instructing of what the Lord told me. Now, I came in and I, I didn't know what they did before. The guy before me did, how he handled with people. I love people. I love people of all ages. I love seniors. I love youth. I love middle class, whatever. It doesn't matter to me. I love people. And so when I came to church, the Lord would say, sit over here. So I'd sit over there. And the next service, he'd say, sit over here. And I'd sit over there. And I ended up, what I was doing is I was making all these relationships with people around me. And the pastor, he kept looking for me every week because I was always, he was always looking for me in the same spot. When I first went there, I sat in the same spot. Because don't we do that? Aren't we creatures of habit? We don't know anybody. We, you know, just sit here. And if somebody comes up, hi, how are you? Oh, you're the new youth pastor. Uh, it's good to meet you. Good to meet you, too. But after I kind of got my wings in there a little bit, the Lord said, no, I don't want you to sit there. I want you to sit over here. So I started moving around, and he came up one Sunday. Kim was there. He said, where's Pastor Brett? And I said, I'm over here. And he was like, what are you doing over here? I said, I'm with my people. And, and all these people from all over the auditorium started going, yeah. Because I, now listen, this isn't because I'm, anybody i'm not i put my pants on like you do one leg at a time but i listened and what god was doing he was making connections and people were finding jesus and a relationship with him by not just me but by those things those seeds that were planted by just being friendly and and talking to seniors and he gave me a plan to develop to if you know when people weren't here i, I did this i did that and they'd never done that before and and there have been people that I've been coming here for 35 years. I've never seen this. this is awesome. And they started bringing, listen to what I'm telling you. They started saying, I, you need to come. You need to come to this church because they're doing this. Because God was moving. You know how God moves? Through you. That's how he moves. Now, he might use me. And I might be the guy that starts the ball rolling down the hill. But he moves through y'all. When you get out and you start walking and working with people and, and you, they start seeing God's changing your life and how you handled this. and Wow, they're noticing all of that. Smile. Be friendly. Think of it this way. It's not you saving the person or really doing the work. God's word is his power and he does the work. Your only job is to share his word and pray. God's going to do the rest. He's going to take their heart that's been dark. He's going to turn it into a place that's light. Right now, during all this COVID pandemic and 
politics. People need light. They need to see things clearly. If you are rude or curt, it just shuts the door. My grandma used to say, you get more bees with honey. She used to say a lot of things, but that's one of them. So be friendly and be smile, or be smile. Yeah, be smile. <laughs> be a smile. Give a smile. Just allow the happiness that Jesus brings you to radiate through you. Let God do the work. And here's our last one. Pray. Now, if we're joyful, that's contagious because people like, they like people that are positive. So now let's move into that last one. Pray. Acts 1.8. You'll receive, now listen, you will receive what? Power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Can I say the key to witnessing or evangelism? It's not good preaching, it's prayer. It's just spending time with God. It's just hooking up with God and letting him download things to you. The disciples never asked Jesus, Lord, teach us how to preach. They said, teach us how to pray. Why? Because you can have somebody that's got charisma that can talk. But sooner or later, they got to have something behind it. They saw Jesus praying. They saw that he had pulled himself away and he, he prayed. My kids know every morning that I get up and I read and pray and so does their mother. They know that. It's part of our life. It's part of what we do. We go on vacation. I don't take a vacation from God. He's my everything. I get up in the morning there just like I do here. Why? Lord, teach us to pray. Because out of prayer comes everything that you need. Out of prayer and walking with God and that download of the Holy Spirit. COVID-19's already been defeated, people. Jesus did it 2,000 years ago. So we need to pray. We need to pray. We need to pray. We need to get with God and say, God, what is, what is it promised in your word that I can declare and I can show how great and the love that you have given me? People are like, what is happening in that house? How come this? How come that? It's because God, he gets the glory. It is because of spending time with the Father. That's how Jesus activated his power. He prayed. You can do the same thing because he said it. The things you've seen me do, you can do and even greater. So when you ask the Holy Spirit to help you win souls, speaking to the Spirit, letting the Word do the work, it makes it so much easier. But if there's ever been a time for the church to rise up, it's now. If there's ever been a time for us to say, you know what? This is what God says and that's it. Now, I don't know about where y'all, you guys are at, but I, Kim and I like to watch um, superhero movies from time to time. I like Marvel, some of those. Remember, I don't know which one it is, but remember, you'll remember Loki. You know, the guy with the weird horns? Okay, he, he comes down, and if you remember, 
uh, he comes out of this museum or something, and there's all these people in this courtyard. Now, Captain America and, and Iron Man are about to show up on the scene, and Iron Man, he's always funny. <laughs> Make your move, reindeer games. He says something like that, you know. But, so that's, that's pretty cool. Um, if you're a dude, I like that. But <clears throat> anyway, he tells everybody, remember this? He tells them to kneel. Now, I know this isn't biblical. This is from a movie. But there is one older gentleman that stands up. And I just love that. Thank God for, you know, people like, this is a senior. Thank God for seniors. This guy's like, men like you come and go. We will never kneel to men like you. We need men and women like that that do not just go with the crowd just because somebody says that. He stands up and basically, you know, we need men and women to be fully persuaded. This is what God says. We will not kneel to the devil. We will not bow to his needs, to his demands. My God is who meets all my needs according to his word and glory by Christ Jesus. Pray. We spend time with God, it brings boldness. Remember we talked about being bold as a lion last week. And I don't even have to know what to say. So I don't have to worry about a brain freeze. You know, I mean, like when you eat ice cream too fast or suck your milkshake down too quick or one of those ices and your brain goes, ah, ah. Does that happen to anybody but me? Yeah. I wonder if Jesus ever had one of those. I mean, I don't think they had those in Bethlehem, but it would be fun. But he, now listen, here's the biggie. When you are filled in your heart with the word, and we are spending time in prayer, prepared as I pray the other person's heart, and I don't even know who all that is going to be, by praying and interceding and pulling down strongholds that would bind their mind. Now, that's important. If you're going to witness for God, then God, whoever you want me to talk to about you today, I pray that you soften their heart. I pray that the, the things that have got them bound in their mind, the strongholds of the enemy, Lord, we bind those. Do you know the Bible says it on, you can bind and loose here? If you're not, you're missing out because that's why you're not getting some, some answers or breakthroughs. Kim and I bind and loose all the time. Sometimes people are like, how come that didn't happen? Because we bound it. That's how it didn't happen. Why? Because we took authority and we bound it. And we let God. Let the word work. They're bound, not because I have the authority to command because of the word, but we have to understand the word. What happens to people right now in church is they get things out of proportion. They get their lives bent on action. Now, faith without works is dead, but what they'll do is, oh, just like Jesus spit in mud, made mud, stuck it on some dude's eye. Well, I don't recall that he ever did that again, but there will be people that will make, well, we have to have mud on hand in case anybody's blind because we need to make mud pies and stick them on their eye. Or people will go, well, we have to lay hands on the sick. They have to, you know, and, and they'll get their mind based on laying hands on instead of what the word says. Do you understand what I'm saying? Base it on the word. Base it on the word. Not the action, but because the word says that's what makes the action valid. Does that make sense? Now, they're going to play. 
2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5, we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down strongholds of human reasoning, to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. You see, the word will make a way out. I don't have to worry about what I'm going to say. The Holy Spirit, my teacher, my helper, he'll remind me what I need to say. He'll help me to say what needs to be said when I need it. Let me ask you this as we close this out. If each of you would make up your mind, if each one will reach one, if I could just reach one person before the summer's over, God, who would that be? Not to win $100, but that they would be in eternity. Because everybody here gets to live forever. We just get to choose where. Let's help them make the right choice, what the Bible says. Because the Bible says it, that's what validates the action. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, I'm